Praise the Lord, everyone. It's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight and see all of you here and to know that uh, we're going to have a good time in the Lord tonight. God's going to meet us. And uh, before we get started, I wanted to read some scriptures and try to start this thing off. How I felt the Lord give me direction. Acts chapter 4 and verse 13 says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Now I want us to see the combination in that passage there. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and then we skip down to the bottom, they took knowledge that they had been with Jesus. Now what should happen when we meet Jesus is that there should be a trans a transition from fearful to boldness. And so tonight we're going to we're going to focus on that for a moment. Acts chapter 4 and verse 29 and now Lord behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. And in verse 31, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, that they spake the word of God with boldness. What we need to do tonight is to say, Lord, would you meet us here tonight and give us boldness. I wonder if we could all stand to our feet in this place, stretch forth your hands toward heaven, and say, Mighty God, King of kings and Lord of lords, would you meet us here tonight and would you grant boldness to thy servants so we may speak thy holy word with boldness and would you let this place be shaken with prayer tonight Lord we shift our focus and our perspective to receive what thus saith the word of God that there would be a visitation in this house tonight that would release miracle signs and wonders that there would be an impartation in this house of the Holy Ghost that there would be a quick of the spirit in this place that there would be resurrection power that would baptize this body of believers with boldness and fearlessness God would you release it in this house would you release Lord a spirit of expectation to receive what heaven would grant us to receive on earth tonight Lord we desire to align our life with the will of heaven let the will of heaven unite on this earth Lord that we may do what you call us to do in this hour somebody lift your voice right now somebody begin to speak a word into this atmosphere I release the gifts of the Spirit in the name of Jesus to be at work in this house to bring about the edifying of the body of Christ. Let there be a work in this house that would build up the body of believers here tonight. Let there be a manifestation. I speak it into the atmosphere right now. The word of faith. I release the gift of faith right now. 
by the authority of the word of God and by the power that is within the name of Jesus I release it into this house I release it into this house I release it into this house in the name of Jesus receive the word of God receive his strength receive his direction receive his leading and his delivering Lord deliver your people from fear and apathy deliver your fear deliver your people from complacency God we come against it in the name of Jesus we take authority and dominion over every principality and power and every ruler of darkness that has inflicted pain and fear in this hour and we take vengeance in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ against every false idea and every false word every false agenda and we speak truth in this atmosphere we speak truth in this hour and in the name of Jesus we release it come on this isn't just an ordinary Wednesday night we're in the presence of the Lord and we're living in the last and final hour of existence and God has called us for such a time as this this is what I want us to do to start off I want us to get rid of everything that's in our mind right now. Every earthly thing. Our jobs sometimes get the best of us. Our circumstances sometimes get the best of us. And the enemy wants us to always be concerned about our life. He wants us to always be concerned about our situation and how dark it is and how miserable it is. But here we are tonight and God is about to shift some things. And there's about to be an impartation in this house. And we're going to walk away from this place more determined and emboldened in the spirit of the living God. And he's going to do great and mighty things in this house. Listen, if we'll lift up his name and we'll worship him tonight, uh, like tonight depends on my breakthrough, like tonight depends on me getting a hold of what God desires to shift in my life. Come on, tomorrow we'll be there. Tomorrow will be there, but tonight, tonight is the night to get a hold of what God has for his people. So what we're going to do collectively together, listen, I don't know what you walked in here with, but I know sometimes what we walk into the house of God changes the meeting. And so if we can all do ourselves and do everybody in here a world of good, we'll start this thing off with repentance. We'll put everything under the blood of Jesus tonight. Everything we thought, everything we've seen, everything we said, everything that's been wrong, we're going to repent together and say, Lord, we don't want anything to stand in the way tonight. Oh, I believe there are miracles and breakthroughs and signs and wonders, but listen, we got to repent first. Lord, forgive us of our sins and our iniquities, God. Purge us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, Lord. 
Yes, Lord. Purge us. Purge your people from everything that's unprofitable. Purge me, God, from everything, uh, everything, Lord, that's in me that's contrary to you, Lord. Let everything, Lord, inside be searched and revealed to your people tonight. Lord, show us the contents of our heart and give us an opportunity to repent for it, God. Lead us to that place, God, where you search the hidden part of us, uh, where you desire for us to know truth. Lord, let there be a cleansing and let there be a purging, Lord, in this house. I repent of my sins. I repent for what I've heard and for what I've seen and for what I've said. Oh, God, I repent, Lord, for all the things that I don't know I've done. Lord, and all the things that are in me, Lord, that I've carried, that I have not acknowledged yet, Lord. I repent. I repent of my sins and my shortcomings. I repent, Lord, of my failures. I repent for idolatry, oh God, and spiritual adultery. I repent, Lord, for placing things before you, God. And I don't want to make one more move, Lord, tonight until I, until you know how much I'm broken over my faults and failures. How broken I am for my sins and shortcomings, Lord. And I know you're close to the brokenhearted. You're close to the broken and the contrite spirit, Lord. Let there be such a brokenness tonight that would lead to true deliverance and freedom. Let it be made manifest tonight, God, as we shift our focus toward where you desire to take us this evening. We choose this moment in time to reach for the things that you have had in store for our life Lord and with faith we reach forth and say God grant us this boldness and grant us this freedom tonight oh God somebody clap your hands to the Lord Listen, uh, I believe in just a few moments tonight, we're going to hear from uh, Brother Zerpoli, Zerpoli uh, from Texas, and I'm excited to hear from him, and hopefully he'll tell a little bit of his experience at Asbury, and uh, drove all the way down here, up here, over here, <laughs> all of it, right, up and over, <laughs> because the Lord was telling him to do it. Him and uh, another evangelist, they're both evangelists in the United Pentecostal Church, and we're just thankful to have them here. So I know we typically do our, our offerings at the very beginning of the service, but what I'd like for you to do tonight is consider, is consider letting the Lord use you to bless our evangelists tonight. And I've done this before with our missionaries, but I think it's appropriate to do that for whoever God would send our way to, to, to lead us into a place to receive something we have never received. And what I believe is going to happen tonight, and I haven't, I haven't talked to, to uh, Brother Zapoli tonight about it, but I, I believe that the Lord is going to do something. He's going to do a work in this house. And, and there's going to be some things that are broken and there's going to be some things that are restored. I believe there's going to be some gifts and callings. I believe there's going to be impartation. And these are not hype words. I felt a confirmation in the spirit tonight. 
I felt a confirmation in the spirit as I began to look toward this moment and I believe God showed me what he was going to do. And I believe tonight there's going to be a divine shift in people's lives. If you'll receive it, if you'll open yourself up to what the spirit of the living God would desire to impart into your life. Now listen to me. It's it's not about just coming and getting something from a message. It's about getting something from the spirit of the living God who will release something tonight on the hungry. He has promised to satisfy and to fill the hungry and the thirsty. And so what I believe he's going to fill the hungry and thirsty tonight with is a boldness and a shift in their life and ministry. And what we haven't been able to do before because we've been lacking some things, God has sent us an evangelist that there would be a divine shift in our life. And Oh, I feel the power of the Holy Ghost in this place. There's going to be a divine shift in our life. We're going to get what we've been missing. We're going to get what we've been praying for. We're going to get what's been what we've been seeking God to do it's going to happen there's going to be a shift and God's going to get the glory for it because it's going to shift the way we see the work of the kingdom now listen if you've been praying for that to happen in your life tonight I want you to praise God and worship Him like I'm about to get it I don't want you to hang your head and think, well, maybe tonight's not the night. Listen, you need to come into this thing rejoicing, praising God for what is about to happen. So if you got a while you're praising Him, say, thank you, Lord, for releasing it. I receive it. Thank you, Lord, for imparting it. I receive it in the name of Jesus. I receive it with thanksgiving. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take a few moments here and we're going to worship. Listen, I don't want us to just worship and rush through things just so we can get our evangelists on the... Listen, it would do us no good if we heard him preach with anointing and passion if it fell on deaf ears. Now, there will be people that receive it, but listen, I want us all to be together and receive what the Lord has for us. And so let's just enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise, and be thankful for the shift that's coming tonight. Let's magnify the Lord together, and let's see what the Lord will do in this place tonight. Would you lift your hands all over this house? Could we let our voices out together to lift him up, to magnify his holy name? Thank you, Jesus. Say how great is our God. Oh, sing with me. How great is our God. And all will sing. How great. How great is our God. Oh, that's it, church. Why don't you lift your voice and say, say how great is our God. Oh, sing with me. How great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. Praise is our God. Oh, sing with me. How 
with us if he's leading us if he's in the midst of our trial if he's in the midst of our situation what do we fear what do we fear I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Oh, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody lift his name up. you up tonight, Jesus. We know that you're here walking among your people. Searching, revealing, touching. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. We're going to go ahead and ask Brother Zapoli to come here minister to us tonight. So thankful to have him. And uh, will you get behind the, the man of God tonight? And let's see what the Lord has for us. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Pastor. Pastor Christian. What a great privilege to be with your wonderful church. You can be seated. Feel the presence of the Lord. Don't you? God is good. Let's lift up our hands right now. Let's entertain him. God, you're faithful. If you need strength right now, God, is he's, he wants to give strength. He wants to infuse you with strength right now. If you need healing, God wants to do it right now in this place. Hallelujah. Have your way, God. They continually say to me, where is your God? Where is your God? And they continually question me. 
Where is your God? Where is your God? But I know where he is. Oh, he's in the storm. He's in the rain. Yes, he is. He's in the middle of all our pain. Oh, oh, he's in the night and he's casting out fear. Yes, and even in the chaos, oh, I know that he's here. Oh, he is here. You know he's here. Oh, yes, he is here. Hallelujah. Yes, he is here. You believe that? God, you'll never change. You'll stay the same like yesterday. You're still good and continually. You're faithful to me today. Oh, and always. Can we sing that again? God, you'll never change. You'll stay the same like yesterday. You're still good. Oh, consistently, you're faithful to me today. your Lord Jesus. He's in the storm. He's in the rain. He's in the middle of all your pain. He's in the night and he's casting out fear. Oh, even in the chaos, he is here. You believe that? Would you lift up your hands? Would you worship the Lord who's here on the mountain, in the valley, in the good times and the bad times? He's here. Hallelujah. He's here right now. His presence is here. Hallelujah. His word is here. Oh, your faithful God, you've shown up. Lord Jesus, where two or three are gathered together in your midst, you're right here in the midst. We worship you, God. We praise you. Blessed be your name, God. Blessed be your name. Hallelujah. God, we give you praise. Amen. You can be seated. I don't necessarily have a text to go into right away tonight. I, uh, I do want to share some reports about what is going on. Amen. God is faithful. Amen. And he is pouring out his spirit in these last days. Um, we are privileged to be here with you. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm sorry my wife couldn't make it. Colleen, she is uh, in Arizona right now. Uh, at our uh, little place that we have out there, and uh, so, uh, but we uh, came into town. I, I left um, South Carolina, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, about one in the morning on Sunday, and uh, drove straight through uh, about nine and a half hours or so. Picked up Taylor Fish at the airport, an evangelist who has heard 
heard from God to come to Asbury. He invited me, and I felt a confirmation, a witness in the Holy Ghost to, to join him. We immediately went to uh, the campus to, to see what was going on, prayed for a door of utterance, prayed the Lord the whole way there that God would uh, give us that open door that's needed. Amen. And he, he stepped in there almost immediately as he was asked if he had anything to say. He had his Bible already turned to Acts chapter 19 and began to speak the word of faith. Amen. He told them the difference between just believing in God and being filled with God. And the Holy Ghost fell, and we saw many things happen. Uh, just really people so hungry and desperate for God being filled with his spirit. For four hours, we stood out there and prayed uh, with individuals, with groups, and the presence of the Lord was mighty. Amen. It was incredible. We went and baptized a gentleman at the hotel pool that we were staying in and followed up the next day. I had to take Taylor to, to the airport in the morning, and he flew out. And I went by the campus again, and uh, there were people out there. And I was walking through the, uh, the campus just seeing what was going on. Of course, they tried to shut down the thing we heard to the public on Monday, and, but there were still people out there hungry. And as I got closer and stood, I, there was some things going on and uh, obviously some uh, spirit-filled people at the front and uh, the group that was gathered. It seemed like everybody at least was familiar with the Holy Ghost. And so I just watched. I just observed. The young man that we had baptized was so on fire. He was, he was finding every opportunity to do, do exactly imitate what Taylor Fish did. He had his Bible open to Acts 19. So fresh and, and, and but so full of zeal, and he got in there and gave the word. And, and again, as I said, I didn't necessarily feel to give that word because uh, most people were familiar with the Holy Ghost. He got a few people up there, began to pray in the Holy Ghost, and it was wonderful. But as I left that, left that campus, uh, I was there for about three hours yesterday morning, and I left to come uh, this way. And on my drive, the Lord started downloading in my spirit, you need to give them my word. You need to give them my name. You need to let them know I'm coming back for a bride who has made herself ready. You need to let them know they've got to be washed in the blood of the Lamb. They've got to take on my name in baptism. Amen. And so uh, he was heavy on me. And so I, I, I was just trying to think of different things that I could do to accomplish the task, to give them the word and, and then have a place for them to be baptized. And I ran out of daylight as I, I turned around, went back to the campus and looked all around the campus for water anywhere, called, called a couple of churches to ask to use their baptism right there on the, on the they weren't affiliated with our, our group. And just if, if, find, trying to find an open door, nobody uh, no, you can't use our baptistry. So kind of was stuck there. So I, I, I came back to the hotel, came to prayer last night, and just felt the Lord even on me last night going to sleep and then waking up this morning, the same thing. Give them my word. You need to give them my word. So this morning I, I went out there. It was about 9.30 or so. I reached the campus. Nobody was there. And that was unusual because there was always at least students out there lined up still outside the chapel. And as I, I drove by there, I, my heart sank. I said, Lord, I, I missed it. They're not here. And so I, I, I called that young man that we baptized in the hotel pool, so, so full of zeal. I said, Scotty, I said, where are you at? He said, I'm at, a, I'm at a little house here on the campus. Would you come? 
So I came there, and I didn't know what I was getting into, but I figured knowing him, he had corralled some people. He was going to talk to them. He'd come out and meet me at, at, before I walked in the house. He said, look, man, I got a friend here. I, 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 I took him to the hotel last night to baptize him, but he didn't want to be baptized. He said, you need to tell him. All right, so I got in there, and, and I felt this is the moment. This is, this is what God has told me to share. Here's an open door. I began to, to tell this young man. Actually, he's not a young man. He looked. He was in his 20s, but he was 40 years old, all the way from Alaska, Wasilla, Alaska. And this young, this young, uh, this young man, whatever he is, he's a young man. I'm 38, so I, I'm just going to claim that in Jesus' name. And this man was walking around. He was walking around the living living room. We could tell he was humble, had a sincere, repentant heart. And I began to talk to. There were four young men in there. Began to share the word of God, baptism in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, and, and 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 you could see the hunger in his eyes. He said he stopped me. He stopped me in the middle. He said, "Look, man, I want this." I want it right now. He said, let's, let's, I want to get baptized right now. I said, all right. So, so the owner of the house uh, was a, a professor there on campus, and then we asked, can we use your bathtub? No. Okay. So every, at every, every place, it seemed to be a closed door. Well, we said, well, that's not going to stop us. We're going to look for some water. There's a creek somewhere. We start walking around. We start looking in people's backyards on Google, see if they got a pool. We see a pool. We're going to go knock on the door. I mean, this book of Acts stuff. We're looking through the fence and say, man, that, that water has not, that, that pool hasn't been cleaned in a very long time. He said, man, I don't care. Let's, go, let's at least go look at it. I mean, if there's food floating in it, maybe not. So we knocked on the door. Nothing. Nobody answered the door. So wait, whatever, man. You're not going to discourage us, devil. We're going to find a place. <laughs> And so we found a little pond, uh, about five-minute drive from the campus, and we stopped there in the middle of the road, so excited. Scotty, he, he wanted to baptize. Can I baptize him? What do I say? What do I even say? I, I gave him, here's what you say, Scotty. Go ahead. Get in that. Go ahead. Baptize him in Jesus' name. Amen. He went down in the water, came up. Amen. Hallelujah. We prayed for him, and, and, and as to my knowledge, he's not yet received the Holy Ghost, but it's coming. Now, I'm going to tell you an amazing God moment, a divine appointment. As we were walking out of the house, walking to find a place to be baptized. Literally, I was side by side with Michael, the man that that wanted to be baptized. We were walking down the front steps. And I said, so what part of Alaska are you from? He said, Wasilla. I said, wow, that's awesome. And And immediately, I said, I have a friend, and I got my as I was pulling my phone out of my back pocket, I have a friend, and literally Nathan Holtzman is a church planter in Anchorage. And and I said, well, I don't know how far Anchorage is. or, or it, I, I have no idea. But he literally texted me as I'm put. Now, I don't talk to this guy. I, I haven't talked to him in, in, in several weeks. It's probably been a month since he texted me last. We just don't communicate like that. I met him over in Germany, and we kept contact. He knows what Taylor and I are up to, but he's been reaching out periodically once every couple months. He texted me the very moment I pulled the phone out of my pocket. I said, you got to be kidding me. He said, Michael, I said, that guy, I was literally pulling my phone out of my pocket to show you a picture of a friend that I have, a connection I can make you in this town. And this guy texts me, Michael smiling from ear to ear. I said, do you understand? You don't understand this, Michael. This is a God appointment. I called Nathan. Also, I said, hey, what town do you pastor in? He said, he told me, he said, I said, well, what, how far is Wasilla from you? You know, Wasilla, he said, it's about 35 miles. I had uh, dinner there last night. 
I said, you got to be kidding me, man. God, God designed, God appointment. Amen. Michael's going to get the Holy Ghost. I want to encourage somebody today. And, I, and, and, and was, we weren't done yet. We got a crowd around us as we began to sing and worship the Lord and, 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 and spoke the word. They need the word. The Lord told me. The Lord dealt with me. They need my word. My word is the truth. My word is the authority. My word is what breaks the enemy's back and what exposes the lie. God is pouring out his spirit over all the earth. There's no question about it. And he spoke to me and said, yes, my spirit is there. Many are familiar with it. Many feel me. And even many are speaking in other tongues. That's great. But I'm coming back for a bride. I'm looking for somebody that I'm going to take home with me. And you, if you don't have my name, you ain't going with me. you got to tell the people. Amen. you got to speak the word of faith. As we gathered around there, we spoke the word of faith and began to talk about Jesus' name. He is the Father. He is the Son. He is the Holy Ghost. Hands lifted up all over that place. The Holy Ghost fell again. But what we were really concerned with is baptism. Come on. Who wants to be baptized? And three or four people said, I want to be baptized. Take me to the water. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, God is on the move. And I want to encourage somebody in the Holy Ghost. We've got to do what he has called us to do in this hour. We we don't have time to wait. We don't have time to argue with God. We don't have time to delay. We don't have time to tell him how insignificant we are and how we can't do what he's called us to do. God is for you. Amen. You have the word of faith. Open up your mouth and speak the word in holy boldness. And God is going to have his way in these last days. Come on, lift up your hands, church. He wants to take us deep. Come on, he wants to take us deep tonight. He wants to take us from the shallow waters that we're used to. And he wants to take us into the deep things of God. The Spirit of the Lord is saying in this hour, Psalm 24 and 1, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. I hear God saying, it's all in my hands. My resources, my provision, my power, my people need to look to me and be dependent upon me. It's not time to get more hours on your job. I'm just telling the church right now. It's not time to be concerned with how you're going to pay your bills. It's not time for that right now. It's not time to wonder if you're going to make ends meet. It's just not time for the people of God to be weighed down and burdened down with the things of this life. We're in the very last hour, folks. God is coming back for a church that's looking up, for a church that's white and washed and ready, without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish, and who's holding the hand of somebody who's lost and teaching them the word and speaking faith over their life. I want to speak to somebody. You have felt empty. You have felt dry. You have felt nothing. I'm speaking to somebody right now. You have been overwhelmed by the trials of life. You have been in a very frustrated season. You don't know how to get out of where you are. You have felt many times like giving up and throwing in the towel. I'm speaking to somebody right now. You're tired. You're exhausted. You're weary. Jesus steps on the scene, and Simon is on the shoreline, and he's rolling up his nets. And Jesus loves the opportunity to step inside an empty space. said, Simon, give me your boat. He didn't even ask him. He just stepped inside Simon's boat said, hey, thrust me out a little bit from the land. And he began to teach the people, the sheep, that uh, the sheep that were lost that did not have a shepherd. And Jesus began to teach the people. Hallelujah. 
But he wasn't done using Simon. Thank you, God. Thank you, thank you, God, that you're that you're you're using us. You're doing something with us with our empty spaces in this last hour. Can I tell you? It's a prime time for you right now to let the Lord fill you up with His glory. It's prime time right now for, to let the Lord step in your nothingness, your emptiness, your emptiness, and let Him fill you up with His glory. He said, "Let me borrow your boat, Simon. I'm about to show you what it's like when I use borrowed things." God's looking for somebody to borrow. I don't know if you know this or not. You're not your own. Uh, come on, you were bought with a price. Uh, and But so many times we, we think we're our own. We think we got here on our own. We may not say that out loud, but we act like that with the way that we live. God's looking and say, hey, can I borrow something now? Give me your life. Put your life in my hands. Uh, come on, I got purpose on your life. Uh, my God, I'm talking to a young man right now. I'm talking to you right God is speaking to you right now. He said, I got purpose on your life. Uh, you are meant for more than just playing Xbox. Uh, you are meant for more than just being famous with sports. You were meant for more. My God, I'm calling you to my purpose. I need your hands in the harvest. Hallelujah. Can I tell you, the Lord spoke to me and said, you're not alone near enough. You're not alone. You don't know how to be alone. You rescue yourself from loneliness. The Lord wants to deal with us tonight. He's trying to position us and get us in that empty space where we realize we need him and nothing else will do. The stuff will not cut it. The entertainment will not cut it. The next vacation, the next cruise will not cut it. More stuff is not going to cut it. Another toy is not going to cut it. A bigger house ain't going to cut it. A new car ain't going to... My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. The only thing that's going to leave your soul satisfied is to be walking and working in the Holy Ghost. I'm encouraging the church in this very last hour. God wants to use you. We got to quit rescuing ourselves from loneliness. I'm not talking about whether you're an introvert or extrovert. I'm not talking about that. I don't care what you are. I don't care what your personality is. You, you know how to entertain yourself and get yourself out of loneliness. We know how to fill our schedules with either people or stuff, entertainment, books, Anything to get our mind numb. God is talking to us in this hour. He said, that stuff, that stuff ain't going to do. Oh, my God. Somebody right now, somebody lift up your hands. You feel like you got nothing. The Holy Ghost wants to empower you. He wants to speak life into you. I'm, I'm speaking life over you right now. I'm telling you, you're called for such a time as this. I'm telling you, God's not made a mistake. God knows who he's dealing with. God knows who he's talking to. Hallelujah. Somebody needs to reach up your hands and receive it and say, God, I want to be used in this hour. God, if you're willing, Lord, I'm willing. I'm willing, God. And you're able. Let me tell you something. When you say, I got nothing, God says, that's great. That's finally where I wanted you. When you ain't got nothing, that means you ain't got nothing to lose. When you ain't got nothing, when you're empty, you're not worried about your reputation anymore, your name. You don't care about that. When you got nothing, when you're on E, God finally has something to work with. Pastor said it, Matthew 5 and 6. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. I want you to know something. You ain't going to be filled with anything else. If you ain't hungering and thirsting after righteousness, my God, if you're eating the cotton candy that the world has to offer, you're going to be empty. But if you hunger and thirst after God and after righteousness, you will. Will be filled. 
My God, Holy Ghost, I'm telling you, you've been craving and starving to be filled. God's going to fill you. God's not going to fill anybody that's full of themselves tonight. That's why pastor said a prayer of repentance. You know what? He didn't go through the motions with repentance tonight. Ain't no going through the motions when we repent and we clean ourselves out before God and we lay ourselves down on on the altar. Holy Ghost, check me one day in prayer as I did my cute little Pentecostal thing. Yo, God, I'm sorry if there's anything I've done to hurt you or hurt other people. Forgive me, God. And I blew right past repentance. And God said, stop right there. What are you sorry? Exactly what are you sorry for? Do you understand the price that I paid? Do you understand the gravity of this thing? Exactly what are you sorry for? You can't just bypass me and blow past that moment where you need to put yourself on the altar. Come on, somebody. God's not going to fill you if you're filled with yourself. Now, you do that little patty cake prayer, God's not interested in that. You're not showing hunger that way. My God, you're, going, you're not going to be filled if you're, if you're showing that kind of lack, lackadaisical attitude. God is looking for somebody. When Jesus says you're going to be filled if you hunger and thirst, he ain't talking about a midnight snack. He ain't talking about getting a Snickers and a, and a glass of milk. No, it's not what he's talking about. He's talking about a famine spirit, a starvation, a hunger. My God, does anybody feel that way tonight? I'm talking to somebody that feels like you ain't got nothing. Jesus wants to fill some hungry people tonight with his presence and with his purpose. Uh, he wants to fill you. Come on, he wants to minister through the void like he did in the beginning. Uh, amen. When the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of the Lord moved upon the face of the waters. I'm going to tell you something. It's not enough to be in the presence of God. It's not enough that we've attracted the presence of God. Whoop-de-doo. I'm telling you, there are people on that campus that feel God. It's not enough to feel God. It's not enough to feel goosebumps and leave this place the same way you walked in. I'm talking to somebody right now. It's not enough to just come play patty cake. What are you wasting your time for? If you're in the house of God and you're not going to give God everything, why aren't you at the YMCA playing basketball and getting some exercise? You're getting more value out of that than being in the house of God. I'm telling you, God wants our all. And nothing happens with just being in the presence of God. No, I'm sorry. Your pastor may have stirred things up in prayer. Uh, there are some key people in the church that you know you can depend on because they can get a hold of God. And maybe they stirred up the atmosphere and things can happen. I'm going to tell you, it's not enough to have just the Spirit of God. Notice the earth was still without form, void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. Nothing happened when the Spirit of the Lord moved upon the face of the waters. He's attracted to it. Ain't you glad God's attracted to ugly? I am. Sadly, it's, it's easier for us to attract God than it is for God to attract us. God's always looking. He's always, his eyes are always scanning, looking for somebody whose heart's loyal. Who wants me? Who really wants to be used by me? Who, who's really not playing games? I'm looking. He's scanning the whole earth. He said, hey, if you ain't going to cry out to me, I'll have rocks do it. But maybe before I'll ask a rock to do it, I'll ask a, a campus that knows nothing about the power of the Holy Ghost and no, nothing about walking in the Spirit. I'll, I'll talk to them kids. I'm, I'll talk to somebody who's hungry. I'm looking for somebody. But see... God is attracted. He's attracted. That's not enough. Nothing happened until, and God said, let there be light. The word of God equals the movement of God. 
The Spirit of God, you may feel tinglys and goosebumps and even cry a few tears. But if you ain't repenting, if you ain't ready to change, if you're not going to change nothing about your life and you're going to walk out these doors, nothing happened for you. You've got to receive the word. You've got to let the word break down every lie, expose the enemy for who he is, a fraud, and tear down every stronghold in your life. You've got to be that serious about the word of God. Not just going to let go through one and at the other, but God, I'm going to receive what you have for me. What are you saying tonight, God? I don't care what it is. I, I don't care what you're saying. If you're saying it, I'll receive that's hunger right there somebody lift up your hands and say oh god i want it i know i'm talking to somebody who feels what i'm feeling right now i know you're identifying with what the holy ghost is saying right now he said i need my word to go forth i need my word to be received by somebody we'll tell you when you've got nothing and Jesus has nowhere. Jesus said foxes have holes, birds have nests. I don't have a place to lay my head. It's a dynamic, powerful combination when you've got nothing and Jesus has nowhere. Look out, devil. Hallelujah. What a powerful combination. When we've got nothing to lose, God has something to fill. Child of God, he's calling you deep. Deep. That don't make sense, preacher. He said, I'm worn out right now. I'm tired right now from this level. Ain't, ain't, ain't no other level. I'm going to tell you God is calling you deep because what, what God wants to do in your life, it's not going to happen in your own strength and your own power. I'm telling you, if you've got to have control, if you have to have control, God's already blown past you. If you have to put your fingers in your control on what God's doing in these last days, you're going to miss God altogether. But only, only when we're exhausted do we understand his resources we understand that he's the inexhaustible one. It's time for God to receive glory in your life, sir. It's time for God to receive the credit in your life, sir. It's time for God's power to show in you and show through you. Uh, it's time for that Holy Ghost boldness that Pastor prayed into us. Uh, it's time for us to be baptized with that Holy Ghost uh, and fire again. Uh, it's time for the church to awaken again uh, to the reality of the Spirit and what God is doing uh, in these last days. Uh, it's the will of God sometimes that you're empty. It's the grace of God that we find ourselves depleted and lacking. Can I tell somebody, you're right in the middle of the will of God, feeling empty. Oh, no, that ain't right, preacher. No, that ain't right. If I'm not feeling God, hear me. You're not going to appreciate rain if you live in Seattle. You hate rain. My wife is from Arizona. Ain't nothing but brown desert out there. And every time she sees rain, I don't care where it is, we could be in the ugliest place on earth. She thinks that's the most pretty thing she's ever seen in her life. Rain, wow, rain. She don't know how to drive in there. She don't know anything about the rain. She never sees rain. Only when you don't know what rain is, are you going to really value it when it comes. If you always had God at your beck and call every time, and you always had to feel God. Every time you prayed, you're not faithful to God. 
If you gotta, if you got to live based on your feelings and say, well, I don't feel you today, God, so I'm going to check out for a couple months until I feel the wind of the Spirit again. You ain't faithful. God's going to look at us and say, if we're privileged enough to hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Sometimes faithfulness is just showing up. Sometimes faithfulness is just hitting your knees in prayer. You don't feel a thing. Sometimes faithfulness is opening up your Bible, and you don't feel a thing. My God, sometimes God's looking for a faithful people. How you, how's it, how's it going to be when you don't feel me when you can't see me a Roman centurion came to Jesus he said my servant is at home lying there at the point of death you know what Jesus said I'll come heal him what modern day Pentecostal don't wouldn't sign up for that oh hello yes that's what I've been asking you to do I've been praying hello where are you? Thank you. Come on. Hmm. It's not what that man said. You know what he said? You don't have to do all that. <laughs> I know what authority is. I know you're a man of authority. You don't talk like everybody else. Your words, they have power behind them. Something, something is happening when you speak. I know who you are because I'm a man under authority. I know what it's like to submit. And I know when my boss says something, it's got the power. You're real. Speak the word only. My God. Send the word ahead of me. And Jesus is taking it back. He's surprised. And all kind of emotions going through Jesus as he is. He's just so uh, pleasantly surprised at what this man just said. A man off the street. And he turns to his followers. And, he, and, and I can see him get angry. And said, you know, many are going to come from east and west, sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom. But the children of the kingdom will be cast into outer darkness. You know what makes Jesus mad? Is when a sinner off the street can take him for his word. Can take him at his word, but his own kids don't. God have mercy. God, do you believe the God's word or not? Do you believe he's for you or not? Do you believe he's with you that he never leave you or not? Do you believe you can open up your mouth and he'll give you the words to say in that moment? Now, my God, child of God, what do you believe? Are you going to take him at his word? Are you going to believe he's the everlasting, the first and the last, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the ending? There's none beside him. Somebody lift up those hands right now. The word's in the room. The word is here in the room. My God, the word is here. God has sent forth his word to heal. God has sent it. My God, his word is going to make the difference. His word is what has the power and the authority. Psalm 138 verse 2, the psalmist said, you've magnified your word even above all your name. What could be greater than the name of Jesus? Wait, isn't the name the highest thing ever? What, 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 what are you talking about? The word is higher than the name. God says, my, my name is what you call me, but my word is who I am. You can call my name all day long, but if you have no intent to obey my word, it don't do you no good. You're taking my name in vain. You can't just snap your fingers and get God's attention. I don't care if you're blood-bought. I don't care if you've been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. If you ain't living an overcoming life and advancing the kingdom of God, when you snap your fingers, it don't mean God's got to show up. I know we say he's as close as the mention of his name, but God ain't a magic trick. He ain't a magic show. He's looking for somebody who's living and walking in obedience, who's living and walking by faith. 
Man, I'm, I'm all over the place today. Holy Ghost, help me. God, forgive me. Lord, help me right now, Jesus, to speak your word. Somebody help me. Lift up your hands and pray. Come on. Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost. I know I'm talking to a church that's hungry to be used by God. I know I'm talking to a people. On fire for God. God, baptize us with that boldness. Baptize us with that boldness. My God, the Holy Ghost, the Word has walked in this room right now. According to the Word of the Lord, according to the Word of the Lord, according to God's Word, you're about to receive a massive catch. Come on, faith. Come on, church. Come on, somebody. Come on, Holy Ghost. You're about to receive a massive, miraculous catch. Oh, they're coming. They're coming. They're coming. They're coming. He, the wind of the Spirit is blowing right now. My God, Holy Ghost, he's about to blow the roof off of this place. My God, you're not going to be able to contain this. My God, you're not going to be able to contain this. They're coming. They're coming from, from everywhere, from the four corners. They're coming. My God, Holy Ghost. My God, my God, my God. Uh, we receive your word right now. We believe it uh, and we receive it. Uh, it is said. Uh, it is done. Uh, my God, because you said it, uh, it is done. My God, there's a waking a sleeping giant in this house. Uh, I got I to move through this. The revival that God has planned for you. Oh, God. Uh, we talk about revival, and sometimes we get those words mixed up. We interchange them, the revival and the harvest, and God's bringing those lost souls. I'm telling you, there's a massive, miraculous catch for this church. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, God, in this last hour, is trying to get his church's attention. And the revival, sir, I'm talking to you right now. The, re- the revival that God has for you is one where you are personally transformed. Where you don't act like the same person anymore. You don't talk the same way. You don't act the same way. You don't entertain the same thoughts and the des- same desires. You're not, my God, I'm telling you the revival that God has for you. Where your identity changes from fishing for self to fishing for souls of men. My God, he's awakening somebody right now. When your walk and your talk is changing from what I did and how I got myself here. And look at what I did, that performance, to, to a prayerful humility. We're doing business as usual. Nope, no more. I'm not operating in my flesh. I'm not operating on my religious experience. I'm not operating on yesterday's walk with God. I'm in the Holy Ghost today. I'm walking with God in the Spirit today. I'm talking about the revival that God has for you is one where you are personally compelled to do the will of God and carry out His purpose. God's looking for some laborers in this final hour. Come on, the harvest is great. The laborers are few. God has called you to this time. He said, Peter, I'm not done with you. Get that net and come with me. We're going to the deep. We're launching into the deep. Oh, God. 
Just when Peter thought it was done. Just when he thought, I'm about to go home and take a good long nap. I've been toiling all night long, and I ain't got nothing. I'm telling you, the deep things of God are being unlocked in the Holy Ghost for somebody tonight. Oh, God. God's going to give you revelation, sir, that is going to blow your mind. God's going to talk to you. He's going to give you dreams. He's going to give you visions. God's going to download so much stuff in your spirit. You better have a notebook and a pen handy. You better start writing down what God's about to share with you. Come on. He shares his secrets with the righteous. You've been down. You've been feeling out. You've been feeling like giving up and throwing in the towel. Maybe I'm not meant for this. Maybe I wasn't called to this. Maybe I just need to do something different. Don't stop now. Don't quit now, child of God. Come on. You're on the verge of a massive, miraculous catch. My God, somebody believe it. Somebody reach up and receive it with faith. My God, everybody, everybody lift those hands to heaven right now. Have your way, Holy Ghost. Oh, the name of the Lord. You can be seated. If you're honest, if I'm honest, we understand what shallow Christianity is. Come on, somebody. If we're honest, we know what it's like to hang out in the shallows. We know what it's like to fish for self only. We know what it's like to fish for our self-interest, for our loved ones, for, the, for, for our friends, for our money. We know what it's like to fish for us. We're familiar with that. But God is saying, it's time for my word to take over what you're doing. And if God can trust us with our livelihoods, then God can trust us with his kingdom. If somehow I can demonstrate to God that he has all of me, talking to somebody in this place tonight, you need to surrender. God has been challenging you. And you've been fighting it, but you need to surrender. And when you surrender to God, you're not losing anything. You are gaining everything. <laughs> I'm reminded of that little meme that's, that somebody had a little picture, that little cartoon drawing of, of the, the girl with the teddy bear behind her or, or in front of her. And, and she's holding on to that small teddy bear. And Jesus is kneeling down in front of her with a huge teddy bear behind his back. Come on, give it to me. Come on, trust me. I don't want to. This is all I got. This is, this is me. This is my identity. No, it ain't. My God, no, it ain't. You don't even understand what's behind your back. God's about to blow your mind. You don't understand what's living beneath the surface of the deep things of God. He's about to blow your mind. He's about to unlock some things in somebody's life tonight. It's time for you to step into your calling and surrender all to God. If God knows he can trust you with your money, God said, I'm going to trust you with souls. God will not trust you with souls if you hang tightly to your pocketbook. I don't know why I say po- I say pocketbook because my mom says that. That is an old school term. I don't think anybody even knows what I'm talking about. God's not going to trust you with his kingdom and with souls if you hang on to your wallet. But if somehow I can demonstrate to God, you have my full attention. Look, I... I, I I'm not just talking about, 
I'm not talking about checklist items. There's a cute little buzzword phrase that's going around our movement, and I'm not against it at all. In fact, I believe in it. Giving God of our time, our talent, and our treasure, those things must be given to God. I'm going to tell you something. God ain't looking for you to check those boxes. God wants everything. And I can give God my talent, but not give him my heart. And I can give God my treasure, but not give him my heart. And I can give God, come on, somebody, God's looking. Amen. You can, you, my God, he's looking for you to go all in and give it all. Not just serve church when it's, when it's time to show up on Wednesday night. I'll be there, Pastor. Isn't that enough? No, God's looking for some all-inners. Come on. Oh, Jesus. But if we're skimming by, if we're worried and we're hanging on, and we're wondering how war is going to affect. My, I, don't, I don't even believe I'm here. I'm, a, I'm moving past. I don't believe I'm talking to anybody that's worried about the money in your bank account, whether or not you're going to make it. I don't believe I'm talking to somebody like that tonight. I believe you already know God is your supply. But hear me, it's time to start living like it. It's time to start acting like it. It's time to put your trust in God. It's time to give like you've never given before. Well, I don't know if I'm giving to the church, Pastor. I don't know what that money's going to. You better release that. Come on, somebody in the Holy Ghost right now. You better give that to God and let God know you're serious. You're in this thing. You're invested in this. One of the laws of the physical harvest tells us Peter didn't come up with anything fishing all night long. Well, Peter, guess what, man? I'm sorry you didn't get anything this time, but you'll get them tomorrow, right? Maybe Peter strikes out two or three times. If Peter throws his net, he is going to come up with something. You know why? Because that's the way God set it up. If you're a laborer, you're going to get reward for your labor. Period. He set that what? He set that up in this, in this culture, in this world, whether you love him or hate him. The sun rises on the just and the unjust. And Jesus said in Matthew 5, 45, that you may be the children of your father which is in heaven, for he makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sins reign on the just and the unjust. Let's, let's back up just a few verses here. Matthew 5 and 43. Jesus said this. You've heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. He said, that's not good enough. I say to you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. This world ain't going to know that you're anything different if all you do is hang out with your brothers and sisters and cut people off who have hurt you. If you have, well, I can forgive, but I'm never going to forget. You better check that forgiveness and just see if that's, really, if that's really forgiveness or if you're hanging on to a grudge and a bitterness. Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, right? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Hear me. God is moving through the earth. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. I need to see my church have all things in common. I need to see those go to one another, humble themselves, submit themselves to one another, work through their, my God, don't take it to your pastor before you're taking it to your brother. Come on, somebody quit blowing up your pastor's phone because you got, a, you got a beef with somebody. God told you to handle it. Quit going to the altar and saying, oh, God, please, please, God, fix this relationship. God's not going to fix that relationship. You know why? Because he commanded you to do it. And God's not going to do something he commanded you to do. He said, leave your gift at the altar. Go make it right with your brother. Right? Just like your mom and dad said when you came to them and said, don't suck up to me. No, don't, don't, don't try to get on my good side. Go make it right with your brother. 
Isn't that what they said? God's saying the same thing in this last hour. If you got any grudges, if you got any beef with anybody, you better go make it right. You better pick up that phone and call them. You better go knock on their door. You can't live with that bitterness, with that grudge in your heart. You can't live with that unforgiveness in your heart. You're not going to be forgiven. You're not going rec- to receive the kingdom of heaven if you can't forgive. Lift up those hands right now. God wants to clean us out. Come on. God wants to deal with some past hurts, uh, some past grudges. Come on. We've been holding some grudges. Uh, God wants to clean us up. Uh, Come on. If we're going to be his bride, we can't have spot, wrinkle, blemish, or any such thing. Grace is calling us. uh, Grace is calling us higher. He said then in verse 45, that you may be the children of your father, which is in heaven. If you want to be a child of the king of kings, you're going to have to prove it by the way you act. Grace calls us to a higher standard than law. If you love them which love you, verse 46, Jesus said, whoop-de-doo. Kind of like that. That's probably what the message version says, something similar, right? <laughs> And if you salute your brother only, golf clap. Wow. Here's a cookie, right? That's probably the message version. He said, Who are, what are you doing that the world doesn't do? And you see what he's doing? He's calling us deeper. Verse 48, be perfect even as your father, which in heaven is perfect. God said, I don't want you broken. I don't want you living in a state where you're not whole. I don't want you living in a state of bondage. You see what God's doing? He's differentiating his economy, the spirit's economy versus the world's, the spiritual versus the carnal, the doing what makes sense versus doing what makes faith. It's time to quit trying to wrap your logic around everything God's asking you to do, and it's time to do it. It's time to quit talking about doing it. It's time to do it. It's time to quit wearing the Christian badge and actually prove that you're doing it God's way. You see, God is differentiating our way versus his way, and he's challenging us. It's time to go deeper. I'm calling you. You need to step into your calling without fear and know my favor is upon your life. Come on, come on, somebody. Can you receive this word right now? Can you receive this word over your life? I'm I'm about to start talking to you practically. Can you receive this word? I'm not just talking about a pipe dream. I'm not just talking in generalities. I'm talking about what practical ways you can implement this word in your life right now so that things begin to shift. You're not the same person. You're not praying the same. Come on, you're not just going through the motions, but you're getting deep. He's calling you into deep waters. I'm not done with you, Peter. Come on, I need you to grab your net, and I need you to come with me because I'm taking you to the depths, and there's some deep things. My God, there's massive, miraculous catch. Come on, underneath the surface of the deep, you're not going to find a massive miraculous catch hanging out in the shallows. You got to come with me, Peter. I know you're tired. Let me tell you, God spoke to me a couple years ago. I was going to preach on faith, and I need to wrap up. I need to watch the time. My wife's not here to say, hey, cut it. Sometimes I need to pray through my wife, too, though, you know. I'm just kidding. And the Lord spoke to me. I was going to preach on a, on, a, on a Sunday night in Milwaukee. And I was in my car an hour before service. And the Holy Ghost quickened me and he said, you don't believe me. I said, what? <laughs> Anybody ever argued with God before? Raise your hand if you argued with God before. Raise your hand if you ever won. That's what I thought. He's never lost a battle, right? <laughs> he never will. 
And I started to argue with God, and I started to rationalize. I started to justify. What, what are you talking about, God? Like, what, I'm actually, in fact, I was going to preach on faith. God, I'm preaching on faith tonight. I'm telling the people they got to, what do you mean I don't believe you? God, in fact, this is what I do for a living. I travel and try to get people to believe you. What do you mean I don't believe you, God? He spoke to me. He said, no, you don't believe me. I said, will you help me? He said, when you think of a miracle, you think of something that's bigger, something that's better. But basically, some, the more of what you've seen before. He said, when you think of a miracle, you think of a church growing of, in size, maybe 50 people, and you think it's some great big miracle that explodes and explodes in growth to 500 people. God said, there ain't no miracle. He said, I can save everybody in this state. I want to save everybody in this state. He said, but because you limit me with your belief. He said, my hands are tied. He said, you come to me. You've, had, you've, seen, you, you've seen the church pray. Somebody should be dead today, sick on a hospital bed, body racked with cancer. The church prayed, and they got up, and they're still walking around today. Yes, Lord. He said, you've seen, you, you, you've seen people get their miracle coming up to the altar. You've seen somebody get up out of a wheelchair. Yes, Lord. He said, so when you come to me, you've got a pathway to a miracle in your mind and how it's supposed to happen. And you're telling me how to do my job. And when you say things to me like, God, I, I've seen you do it before. So I know you can do it again. God said, thank you for that backhanded compliment. You're looking for me to heal. When you lay your hands on somebody and speak the word of faith and nothing happens, whether you like to admit it or not, you're holding me accountable. God, where are you? God, where's your power? Well, I, I, I did what I was supposed to do, God. I didn't see anything happen. I didn't see those blind eyes open. Where are you, God? Whether you like to admit it or not, you're holding me accountable. He said, look in the Bible. Never did the same thing twice. You can't peg me. Every time I opened blind eyes, I never did it the same way twice. So when you say to me, I've seen you do it before, God, so I know you can do it again, God says, whoop-de-doo, that's not faith. That's not faith because you've seen me do it before. In other words, I've proven that I can do it before, and that may be trust. You may be, there's a difference between trust and faith, though, and faith has that element of expectation. I don't know what you're going to do, God, but sign me up. I know how you're going to perform, God. I don't care. Sign me up. I, I'm not going to tell you how to do your job. I'm already, I look, people looking back at me say, there's nothing new under the sun, preacher. That's right. Solomon said it. He's the wisest man in all the earth. He said, there's nothing new under the sun. God said, I'm not under the sun. God said, everything I do is new. I'm making a way in the wilderness. He said, you can't peg me. Don't tell me how to do my job. Take the limitations off me. Quit telling me how to do my, quit writing off somebody's story. Say, no, they'll never come back to God. You need to revive that dead dream because I'm not done with him yet. God said, my mercies are new every morning. My mercies are new. If you were a good little boy, you good little Johnny yesterday, you didn't use up all the mercies of God. Guess what? They're not recycled from yesterday. He said, they're new. 
never before been in existence. They're brand new. And God's got something that he's going to blow your mind with, church. I'm telling you, if you believe the word of God, I want you to stretch forth your hands higher than you've ever stretched them. If you believe the word of God, you got to let the Lord know I'm on your side. I'm on your team. God, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just going to walk in faith. I'm going to break through the mold. I'm going to break through my flesh. I'm going to get the victory in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe your report. I will not believe the report of the enemy. I will not believe the report of the world. I will not believe the report of the flesh. I believe your report. Do what you want to do. Do a new thing. And if you're doing a new thing, don't pass me by. Do it in me, God. Come on, I'm craving it, God. I want a supernatural shift. Come on, somebody, there is a supernatural shift in this house. God is wanting to position you for this last great ingathering of souls. My God, my God, my God. Oh, God. There's still people in this house that are absolutely unmoved by the word of God. Come on, somebody. I'm encouraging you, whether you feel it or not, don't waste this night. Don't waste this, this word, this presence of God. I know you're tired in, in your body, but you got to understand what God is speaking over your life right now. I want to be involved with where, what, where God is and what, what God's doing. Come on. Stop scraping in the shallows. One more moment, you can be seated. Just because your shoes don't wear out, just because God has blessed you, if we have seen anything over the last three years, we know this, God takes care of his people. If we've seen anything through COVID and through all the mess in our world, I'm going to tell you we've seen the miraculous provision of God. But do not mistake God's provision and his blessing for his approval on your life. Because 40 years, the Israelites wandered in a desert, and their shoes never gave out, and their clothes never wore out, and they always had food to eat, and God was not pleased with that generation. You know what he was doing? Just waiting on doubters to die off so a generation of believers would rise up and take him at his word. Hear me, hear me. I don't care if you've been baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost at one point in your life. Jesus said, when the Son of Man comes back, Luke 18, 8, will he find faith on the earth? That's active obedience to the word of God in the will of God, about the purpose of God and the kingdom of God. He that knoweth to do good and does it not to him, it is sin. My God. But if Jesus knows he can trust you with what's yours, then he knows he can trust you with the depths. Some commentators believe that Peter and the fishermen with him were rolling up their nets and And they believe that they were mending their nets. In other words, they were mending their nets because they kept scraping the shallows and the bottoms. And they had to put their nets back together. Jesus right now is in this place. His word is going forth. And he's saying it's time to go deep. Nobody's hanging out in shallow waters anymore. Oh, God. Hallelujah. What do you need to surrender to God tonight, man? It's time to grab your nets and launch into the deep. God wants what you have. He wants to use what you have. 
God is positioning you right now for the greatest catch you have ever had in your life. Holy Ghost, thank you, sir, for responding. My God, the Holy Ghost challenged me, and he spoke to me, and he spoke to me in December, and he said, I've called you to the harvest, and he brought my mind back to the place where seven, eight years ago, God called me again. He called me at the age of eight years old. I'm 38 years old today, but eight years ago, God called me and dealt with me. He said, now now it's time to go. Quit your job. Leave your position. Get out in the harvest. I've called you now. Somebody needs to know God's calling you, and if he calls you, he is going to sustain you. I'm encouraging somebody in the Holy Ghost, you've been wrestling with it. How am I going to do that? How am I going to teach the Bibles? How am I going to? My God, you need to step out and be bold in the Holy Ghost. You've forgotten more than those people know. You've forgotten more about the Word of God than those people understand. And the Holy Ghost quickened my mind in December of 2022. And he said, this next year, you're going to see the greatest harvest you have ever seen in your life. He said, I've put you in churches and you've been aggravated and frustrated at times because you've not even reached for lost people. But you've been talking to the church. You've been encouraging the church. He said, I want to get my people awake. But I'm telling you right now, 2023 is going to be the greatest harvest you have ever seen. I'm gathering in the souls. I'm coming back. I'm telling you, young man, God's coming back. I'm telling you, if you're not right with God, you better make right with God. I'm telling you, if you don't have rep- if you don't have repentance in your life and you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you, if you're hiding something, my God, everybody's getting out of the shallows. Will you stand with me? As Sister Pearson comes to play, I want, I, want to, I want to tell you what God told me and showed me in a dream last year. Everybody needs to hear what I'm saying. Children, you need to hear what I'm saying. Everybody in this place needs to hear. God spoke to me in a dream. And he said, I was, I, I was in a dream. He gave me a vision there. In, in, in a dream, I was on a bed, sitting in a bedroom, on a bed, alone. In front of me, there was a seducing spirit. She was purple. She was singing, swaying, dancing, speaking seductively. I knew she was evil. But I was attracted to her because she was very attractive, attractive. So instead of casting that thing out, I knew immediately it's time to send that thing packing. Here's what I did. I said, no, I think I'm going to entertain this for a while, see what's going on. I looked closer at this evil spirit as she swayed and danced. She wrapped herself in flags, flags. As I looked closer, she was wrapping herself in every imaginable flag that you can think of right now that's prevalent in our world that represents a cause, an agenda. It may look good on the surface. It may look loving and kind on the, on the front end, on the surface. Every flag imaginable. Communism. The American flag. The pride flag. You know what I'm saying. I won't list them all. And as she was wrapping herself in this flag, she would would take it and she would crumple it up and she'd throw it. She'd just throw it. Like, I'm done with that. Wrap herself in the next flag. I'm done with that. Wrap herself in the next flag. And I was mesmerized by the way she seduced with her words. She was very attractive. So I just entertained. And all of a sudden, the evil surrounded me in the room that I knew I could not cast this thing out. I knew it. 
And she knew it too. And the power that I once had to cast this evil spirit out and quit playing games, I didn't have it anymore. I was done for. It was over. And I woke up in a cold sweat. I was panicking. And God spoke to me, and he spoke to me about my life, and he spoke to me about his church and said those things, those hidden things, those little secret things, those little pet things, those little flirtatious things that that you're playing games with, you ain't staying shallow. There's not a person in this world that will stay shallow. I'm going to hang out here. I'm going to enjoy the ride. When I'm good and ready to flip the switch and get serious about living for God, I'll do it, man. I can do it. Whenever I want to. Not tonight, preacher. It's a Wednesday night. I don't really feel like it. I'm tired, man. I'm not going to respond to the word of God. Whenever I feel like it, I'll just flip the switch and I'll repent. Let me tell you something. That's self-deception. And what you think you have control over has control over you. I'm telling you right now. Somebody's been flirting with some things. I'm telling you right now in the Holy Ghost, God is calling you out one last time. He's given you one last chance. He's been merciful. He's been gracious. You've been hiding. God's saying, I'm not dealing with that anymore. You're either going to go deep in me or you're going to go deep in the world. But nobody will hang out in shallow water. He spoke to me and said, the very thing that you think is cute and cuddly is the same spirit as every evil and vile thing in this world. Everything that makes you sick to your stomach. Every sin that you look at and you say, I can't believe that person wound up there. How in the world could they do something like that? Everything that makes your stomach turn, it's the very same spirit. You're either going to go with the world or you're going to go with God. But you've got to make your choice. I'm going to answer the call of God with everything inside of me. Or no, I'm good, preacher. Not tonight. And that thing is choking the very life out of you. God is calling with his mercy. Some of you have sat here all service and not moved a muscle. You've been checked out. You're not entertained. You're just, you're just going through the motions like, I wish this preacher would shut up. This preacher cares about your soul, and I'm reaching for you right now. God is reaching for you. Everybody respond. Would you lift up your hands? Come on. We're going deep. And I don't know about you, but I'm, I, I, though I'm tired in my body, I've not seen what God wants to do yet. He's about to absolutely blow your mind. Let down your nets for a catch, Peter. Peter let down his net, and it was so full, and it was so heavy that he had to call other boats. <laughs> Such a great catch of fish. I didn't expect it. I didn't see it coming. I was just faithful. I was just obedient, though I didn't feel like it. And God, here it is. God's about to pour it on you. I expose that lying devil for who he is. I expose that demonic force for what it is. I expose that liar for what, for what and who he is. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. I speak the word of power and authority and faith over every heart, over every mind, over every life. Lift up those hands. If God's calling you, come to this altar. What are you waiting on? I'm giving you an altar call. God's moving up and down these aisles. Come on, children. Lift up those hands. Close those eyes. Get a hold of God. Come on, young people. God's talking to you, young people. Come on, it's now or never. You better make your way into this thing. Uh, Come on. uh, You're either going to heaven or you're going to hell. There's not an in-between. You better make up your mind. Uh, God's coming back for a church that's made herself ready. Uh, God is calling you. He's drawing you. Don't deny Him. There's deliverance. 
There's deliverance in this house. What has been holding you back ain't going to hold you back any longer. Lift up those hands. Come on, God's about to break the back of the enemy in your life. I send forth the word. Right now, I speak deliverance in this house. I speak healing and wholeness in this house. I speak, my God, what has been hounding you, what has been reaching for you and whispering in your ear, what is right on your heels. I'm telling you, the enemy is defeated. God's turning what he's meant for evil, for good. Come on, there children crying out in the Holy Ghost. Come on, there's somebody with a made-up mind. Lift those hands and say, God, I surrender. God's called some of you to spiritual warfare. Come on, begin to war in the spirit. There's a child right here that's warring in the Holy Ghost. There's a child right here. If you need the Holy Ghost, lift up those hands. Come on, if you need God, come on, lift up those hands. Say, God, I'm desperate for you. Oh, God, I'm going deep with you.
soul that I can't contain and I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Oh, set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain and I can't control. I want more of you, God.
can shut it. Hey. No devil from hell can what God has started. Oh, and when God gives you a word, it's ever said, it's ever said, oh, no devil from hell can block what God has promised. Hey, creator, heal, wonder-working, miracle, God. You can do Rejoice right now with our sister receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody, lift up your voice. For this hour, for such a time as this. 
In the mighty name of Jesus, victory belongs to you. Come on, lift up your hands if you need a miracle. Lift up your hands if you need something from God. Praise God. Rejoice in God. He's breaking the back of the enemy right now. We rejoice in you right here. Right here is the start of a massive, miraculous, my God, I feel it in the Holy Ghost. A massive, miraculous catch, somebody. Come on, let's praise Him. Let's rejoice. Let's worship the Lord. Let's magnify His name. Let's give Him praise. He
just want to be with you. done exactly what we expected him to do. And I'm thankful for the shift that has happened. But I just want to I want to testify to something that he said 
while he was preaching, he said some things that the Lord had spoke to me last week in prayer that wrecked me. And it was through the Holy Ghost. There was something that happened when I was praying and the Lord spoke to me and said, sell all you have and give to the poor. I want you to know I was wrecked while I sat while I sat on my couch because I started looking around. And all the things that we have in our houses, our pictures, the things on our wall, our family photos, and all of these things. I started thinking about the scripture where Jesus was telling, was talking about the day where uh, where he would return that for the day of the Lord for the man that would be on top of the roof to not go into his house and gather his things. And so I was looking at all these things and I thought, Lord, I don't have anything. I began to calculate all the things that I, that I had that I could sell. And I'm like, maybe I could raise $1,000 out of the, all the stuff that I have. And so I was moved and wrecked by this message. And I reached out to my pastor. And I reached out to one of my mentors and began to, and to seek counsel what this could be. And the, the, later on, the Lord uh, led me to understanding. And I just want to say this. And, but before I get there, I want to apologize to this church because there have been times that I have preached in frustration because I have been trying to get people to do what I believe God wants them to do and that's not for me to be frustrated about in the response so if you felt frustration for me when I have preached I apologize I'm sincerely sorry it's easy for a preacher to get caught up in the moment and to lose sight of what he's supposed to be doing and it's easy to be discouraged and, and fight through those moments of, of this discouragement disappointment depression because we see the I see the potential in people but I can't do anything with your potential and so I apologize. And in that moment, what I believe happened was that God was shifting me to see what I have neglected. The poor, the needy, the hungry. We can get so focused on our in, in, inner family here that we lose sight on the poor the needy and the hungry. And it took the Lord. I've discovered this. It takes the Lord to deliver a sharp message to get your attention. And so had he delivered it any other way, it might not have did what it did to me in that moment when it wrecked me. Because it caused me to come out of that frustrated state I was in and see that I need to shift. So there was a shift in that moment. And what you said tonight, brother, when you began to talk about some things about being frustrated... And uh, I believe the Lord was leading. He was confirming some things in me and ministering to me. There's also been some things today 
talking to a good minister, a friend of mine, who was sharing with me. Uh, I won't. I won't give his name. I'll, I'll try to be as vague as possible. Talking about the giving in our churches and how the churches that are experiencing growth and 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 uh, demonstration and favor are the churches that are giving the most. And the churches that are struggling the most are the ones that aren't giving anything. And they become they become tense and awkward when there's talk of giving. And you said it tonight, brother. You said it tonight. That if we're not willing to give, then we're not willing to accept what God has called us to do. God's called us to give. Freely we have received. And freely we give. And so what I want to do, I know we've, we have lost, we've lost a few here tonight. But what I want to do tonight, and this is what I felt, is if, if you are serious about what God has done tonight, I want you to give more than you've given before in the offering. If $5 is the most that you've ever given in the offering, give 10 If $20 is the most, give 40 If $100 is the most, give $200. If $500 is the most you've ever given an offering, give $1,000. I'm saying this in faith as to what God has done, what He has imparted, and what He has called us to live to. The standard that God is calling us to live to. Deep calleth unto deep. Now here's the thing. While he was talking about the shallow waters, the thing is, as long as we're in the shallow, we have control. When we go out into the deep and we, our feet can't touch the sand, it's out of our control. And that's where we can actually demonstrate faith is when we're not relying on our own feet to hold us up. But we're being swept away by the waters that the Lord has control in. So in our giving, what our giving has to do, it has to take us to a place where we're not giving based on the numbers we've calculated in the bank account. We're giving based on how we know God will provide and God will make a way. This church has been a very generous church, a very giving church. But listen, we can get proud about that and forget forget the value on a cheerful giver and giving because God has blessed my life. And so that's what we're going to do right now. I'm going to get this. Brother Mike's going to get this. I'm going to place this here. And if you want to write a check, listen, if you want to write a check, I want you to write it out to High Point, and we're going to write, we're going to write one big check for our, our brother here today. Amen. We're so, so blessed by what God did through him, what he delivered to this assembly. I had a confirmation in my spirit before I ever met him, and it was the Holy Ghost. And I believe God has done some things in here. And, and to solidify that in our very own life, let's give. 
So we're going to give you a moment here. Maybe we'll sing chorus and then give you an opportunity to present to present your offering. Amen. fades away. I want to love you, Lord, until the cares of life fade away. I'm thankful for this moment in time where God has deposited something and his people. I'm looking forward to the development of what he has sown tonight in my life personally, in my family, in the church, 
in all his people who have received his word tonight. Thank you for lingering. It's later than normal, but you know what? It's worth it. When God shows up and does things like he did here tonight, it's worth waiting for. It's worth putting everything else aside and saying, Lord, I don't want to go until you bless me. I don't want to take another step, Lord. I don't want to wake up another day without it. Tomorrow morning is going to be different because you're going to wake up with this, with this word had been simmering in your spirit. As you sleep, you're going to wake up and you're going to see the world differently. And that thing is going to continue. Amen. We are running out of time. And the Lord has delivered His Word on time like He always does. He's an on-time God. We have to hold on until it's His time and not our time. Amen. Thankful for the ministry of Brother Zerpoli. hope I've been saying that name correctly. <laughs> and uh, we look forward to having him back again. Maybe not driving from South Carolina or I guess it'd be what, Texas? Or, or Arizona, yeah, but he'll have to he'll have to hit us up next time he's close in this part of the country. We'll have him come back out and uh, bless us again. With the Lord's hand, Amen. God bless you. Be careful on your way back to the house, and uh, and we will see you Sunday for prayer at eleven fifteen. And uh, we'll, we'll expect the Lord to meet us here again. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Meeting Sunday. Thank you for reminding us.